0: We are continuing in Chapter 5 of Shad HaBetochin from Chavis L'Avavis. We are learning the seven ways, seven ways in which the one who has Betochin differs from one who does not have Betochin in regards to his feelings about making a living. Of the seven ways, we have covered how many? Anyone remember? This is, I think tonight is Lesson 39. So we've covered two of the ways so far. Yeah? All right. So now we're going to continue with the third of the seven ways. And the third way in which the one who has bitokhin differs from the one who does not have bitokhin in terms of making a living, his attitude toward making a living. One who trusts in Hashem, although he employs, certainly employs, uh, means, meaning natural means to make a livelihood. He doesn't invest his heart in them. He doesn't make his heart rely on them. He's not emotionally attached. And he doesn't have any hope in them not to help him or harm him other than whatever Hashem wants. but rather Rather, he employs these natural methods of making a living in order to serve the Creator who commanded us to be involved in the world so as to build it up and adorn it. What he does is the same thing as somebody who doesn't have vitochim. Gets up, goes to work, has a job, right? But his feeling about it is totally different. as far as what he does think about it, what he doesn't think about it. Let's talk about what he doesn't think about it. He doesn't think that his clef for Parnassa, like we call it, the vessel for making a living, is the source of his Any You know, we've, we've, we've used the analogy before about when the um, UPS guy comes and delivers you a present from your mother. So he just dropped it off. He didn't pick it out, he didn't send it to you, he didn't pay for it, (laughs) it's not from him, he's just the delivery system. So two, you go to work and you have a job or investments or a business deal, whatever it is, a natural way of making a living, Um, it's like the UPS guy, it's just a delivery system. So the guy who has talking, he does the normal things that normal people, well, what's normal? (laughs) So-called normal. Why are we normalizing a lack of betochen? I take that back. Strike it from the record. Anyways, he does the things that people without betochen do, but he feels totally different about it. He doesn't have any emotional attachment to those things as having any bearing or any determining um, factor in whether or not he makes a living from them or he doesn't. It's only up to Hashem. So that's what he doesn't feel. Now... As far as what he does feel, this is very interesting. When he goes to work and he employs natural means toward making a living, what he feels is he's actually serving Hashem by doing this. Now, it's interesting because you think of well, there's my religious life, and then there's, you know, the regular mundane, have a job and work, and it's like a necessary evil. What can you do? You got to eat. You know, you're not just a soul. You're a soul in a body. So you have to have a job. You have to make money so you can buy food. Okay, what can you do? But, you know, so I have my religious life for my soul. You know, I dive in, I learn Torah, and then I have my, you know, mundane life where I'm just like any other person, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's unavoidable. No. No, the one with Bitochin doesn't feel that way at all. He feels that he's serving Hashem in his business dealings. And I'm not even talking about, although obviously we could add this to it, but you know, when you keep Halacha. When you keep Chayshin Mishpat, the area of Shochanoroch that deals with business, and he has a kosher business and he does business fairly and all of that, then obviously he's do- actually doing mitzvahs in business. But I'm saying, even just forget about any of the mitzvahs that you can do in the workplace. Just the fact he goes out and he has a job, he's involved in Yishev HaOlam. He's involved in making this world a settled place, and 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 that itself is. Part of his service of Hashem. It's very, uh, it's very Balshemtiv. Even though Rabbeinu Bechaya is centuries before the Balshemtiv, but uh, you know they they talk about how the Balshemtiv used to love the simple Jews, the the simple tailor with each stitch of the, you know, he would stitch the, the the fabric and he would say, you know, I do this for the glory of Hashem. I do the stitch for the glory of Hashem, right? Because that's what the tailor was able to do. He was able to stitch. He says, I'm doing it for the glory of Hashem, right? So the one who has talking, not only he doesn't idolize, and I use that term decidedly, you know, make, a, make an idol out of the means of making a living, but he sees it as an act of worship, an act of connection to Hashem. Furthermore, let's continue. If these means yield him a profit or help him avoid a loss, so let's say it works out. Whatever it is that he tried to do works. He thanks Hashem alone for it. He doesn't become affectionate or or, or develop a love for the means. Again, it's not like oh. My UPS guy is so loving, he sent me uh, a present on my birthday. No, your mother sent you a present on your birthday. The UPS guy delivered it. And he doesn't make his soul rely upon those things. It's not like he increases his, his feeling of stability based on those things. Those things come and those things go. Those things fluctuate. A way of making a living, it's just whatever works for today. No attachment. <laughs> He only strengthens his trust in Hashem, not in the means that he uses to make a living. And he causes his heart to rely on, to trust on on Hashem alone. Not the causes, not the means that he employs. Now, what if the means he employs to make a living don't work out? He knows that when Hashem wants, he'll send them his sustenance through the means that he wants to send it through. And he won't despise these means because of it. And he won't cease to pursue them in the service of the Creator. Very interesting here. Very interesting. The person who idolizes the means of making a living. Who thinks that it's actually the way that he's working that determines whether or not he profits or not. When it doesn't work out, it's like he takes it personal. Like he's mad at Wall Street because his investment didn't work out. Or he's mad at the real estate market because uh, you know his investment didn't work out. Or he's mad at, uh, I don't know whatever the business he's he's upset at it he resents it because it didn't work out person has talking, he's not taking it personal okay it's like oh i don't like my ups guy he's not good he didn't send me a present on my birthday this year i don't know whoever you were expecting to send you a birthday present didn't send it to you the ups guy didn't choose that right so if Hashem wants to send you your livelihood through this, he'll send it through this. If he wants to send it through that, he'll send it through that. And you don't have to get mad at the thing that didn't work out because, oh, it didn't provide for me. It doesn't provide for you anyways. Even when it works, it's not providing for you. Okay. And as for the one who does not have trust in Hashem, he employs means to a livelihood because he relies on them, and those means, trusting that they will yield him a profit and secure him against loss. If it works out, he praises them. And he praises his own diligence in using them. Oh, I'm so smart that I used that way of making a living. That's why it worked. And then he chooses them, meaning he gets attached to them. He says, Oh no, now I can never do anything else. I don't want to move because then maybe my mother won't send me a birthday present anymore because I'll have a different UPS guy. <laughs> right? No, I don't want to use a different Klee for Parnasa because then the Eivishtha might not be able to send me Parnasa anymore. It wasn't, it was never the Klee for Parnasa, it was the Eivishtha. Okay? And what if it doesn't work out? Oh, let's, let's see what he, what, how he reacts when it doesn't work out. He abandons them, condemns them, loses interest in them, gets upset. Like the verse says. Therefore, he sacrifices to his neck and burns incense to his trawl. You know what a trawl is? It's like when you go fishing. It's similar to a net. The truth is I don't know the difference between a net and a trawl. But it's how you catch fish. So what does it mean he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his trawl? He goes out fishing and he gets a bunch of fish and he says, "Oh." Why did I get so many fish today? Because my net is so good. My troll is so good. It's the net. It's the troll. They did it for me. Right? So he turns them into idols. That's why it says he sacrifices to his net. He burns incense to his troll. Like they are the ones who caused him to make a living. No. It's Hashem. Hashem caused him to make a living. The net and the troll, that's just a a keli. That's just a vessel for Hashem to put the blessings in. Alright, so the, that's the third difference. Varavi and the fourth difference. Kiahabai Tehbalakim Kishia Vater Lai Davar Almazane, it's Yanobama Shamefik Ratsein Haber Yusbarak Vinidivos Nav Shav. One who trusts in Hashem if he has anything beyond what he needs for his maintenance. Spends it on what pleases the Creator with a generous soul and a cheerful heart. Kamesh Nemar, like it says, nosanulach. For all is from you, and from your hand have we given to you. It all comes from Hashem. So when you give to Hashem, you're really just giving him back his own. What's the point? The point is, that it's all Hashem's. It's all His. So, he gave it to me. I paid my bills today. I have left over. No problem. I'll give it right back to him. It, was, it wasn't It was mine. You understand? The one who thinks, I earned it. I earned it. Okay? So, even if I pay my bills and I have money left over. But hold on a second. Why should I part with it? I earned it. I should give it to, to, to God? Why should I give it to God? Let God earn it. But if... <laughs> sounds preposterous when you say it, but that's the mentality. But if I say, no, 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 no. Hashem gave this to me. It's not mine. It's Hashem's. And he's letting me use it. He's letting me use you know, daddy's credit card, basically. And I paid my bills today. Now, if I have money left over, why wouldn't I be comfortable spending on things for Hashem? Like Tzedakah primarily, or tuition, or doing mitzvahs be'hidur, but primarily tzedakah. Why not? I should be very comfortable doing that. Umisha belakim, <in Hebrew> but the one who doesn't trust Hashem, The world and all that is in it does not seem sufficient to provide for him and satisfy his needs. So even if he would have everything in the world, he would not have enough. He wouldn't be secure. You know, security is just a matter of uh, you know. It's a very relative. It's an emotional thing. How much money would you need to feel secure? Well, the Beitach Bashem says, I don't feel secure because of money in the first place. So, how much money do I need to feel secure? I'm secure already. Then there's another guy who says, Well, I need a certain amount to feel secure. And then he has that, but he's still not secure. All the money in the world won't make him secure. (laughs) And therefore he's very stingy, he's very careful in saving his money, much more than in fulfilling his duties to the Creator and to his fellow men. <speaking in Hebrew> and he actually, he doesn't even realize it. He doesn't, he's not even aware. <speaking in Hebrew> he loses his money. <speaking in Hebrew> and he's left without it. <speaking in Hebrew> like the wise man, King Shlameh said, <speaking in Hebrew> There's one who gives freely, yet amasses more. Then there's one who withholds charity and suffers loss. So there's one who spends all of his money, meaning not like on, you know, silly things like candy and uh, toys, but on mitzvahs and on tzedakah, and he always, he has enough. And then there's another who's stingy and he's saving it up, and it's all gone. Right, Because in the end of the day, it's not our Heshtadlus that determines our parnasa. Heshtadlus is just the delivery system through which Hashem gives us the parnasa. Hashem is the one who determines. The hachamishi and the fifth. The fifth out of seven differences between the one who trusts in Hashem and the one who doesn't trust in Hashem when it comes to their feelings about making a living. The one who trusts in Hashem occupies himself with worldly means in order to provide for his latter end, his final destination. What does that mean? The Marpa Nefesh says it means Elam Haba for the spiritual world. It means that even when he has to make a living, he makes sure that what he's doing to make a living is consistent with his morals and his values as a Jew. He says so clearly as we continue. Only when he is sure that a certain occupation is safe for his religious and secular interests will he engage in it. And he will not take up a profession that might in any way damage his religious life or lead to disobedience of the Creator. So as not to bring upon himself sickness instead of health. Remember that letter? I don't remember which lesson it was. One of the early lessons. Four or five, maybe six. But... uh, Back when we were still in the in the Hakdama, when we were still in the uh, the compiler's preface, Rabino Noachayyim's preface, we had that letter from Igres, where somebody wrote to the Rebbe and said he had a, a job that was going to cause him to miss Minyan. He had, he needed to say Kaddish. He needed he wanted to know what to do. Remember the Rebbe gave him this whole long answer about you know really you know the different hetedim, the different uh, dispensations for not doing it, and then at the very end. Remember that I said, I don't know how you stand regarding Betochen, but if you have Betochen, by the way, this isn't really a question because for sure you'll be able to find a livelihood that will not present you a challenge as far as Yiddishkeit, right? So that's what I'm reminded of right here. The person has Betochen is not going to do anything as a livelihood that would cause him to compromise his values. Just it's not even a dilemma how, how would it be possible that hashem would make me do something immoral in order to to receive the parnasa that he wants to give me it's like it's an inherent contradiction it doesn't even make sense to the one who has trust in hashem however in contrast let's talk about in contrast but the one who does not trust in Hashem he trusts in the means that he uses to make a living and his mind is rested upon them meaning that's where his security comes from I mean that's where he feels his security comes from and he cannot refrain from any of them and he will do both those that are admirable as well as reprehensible. Here we're saying, we're not saying a guy who's specifically looking for a sleazy way of making a living and he wants to do reprehensible things. No, no, no. If he can do something that's admirable and upright, of course, he would prefer that. But if the only way to make a living, in his eyes, is, is something reprehensible. What can I do? I have no choice. I gotta eat. right? So he does the reprehensible thing. And he's not thinking about the end. He's not thinking about his world to come. Like the wise man, Shleim said about this, A wise person fears and avoids evil, and the rest of the verse is, but a fool becomes blusterous and overconfident. And this, Rabbeinu Bahaya is applying to people who rationalize doing something beneath their standards and principles because they think it's the only way to make a living. Fine. So that, that's what we're going to do for tonight. All right? Okay. So we've covered five out of the seven. I uh, tomorrow night we'll continue and uh, we'll see you tomorrow night